by the side of the river. They thought they were safe. After all, no one was hunting there, and near to the stillness of the water, they ate and drank, when nobody would ever find them, or so they thought. But unseen and unheard, a killer was lying in wait. everyone and welcome to episode 18 of Hidden Wings and Bloodlust. I really hope everyone listening to the show is safe and well and I hope you've had time to see some ladybirds recently. I do have a podcast recommendation for this week. The Lady Justice podcast covers a wide range of fascinating true crime cases throughout the UK and at the end of each episode the host Chantelle suggests an act of kindness for everyone listening to the show to do. And the latest episode, which I'm going to listen to straight after I've recorded this one, and I've listened to her other episodes, and um, I'm sure it'll be great, is a case of a mysterious slasher who turned an entire town mad with terror. Sounds a bit scary, doesn't it? But I'm sure it's fantastic. We do have some more interviews coming soon, but today it's just me again. So if you're ready, let's get started. So today's Ladybird is the water ladybird, Anisostichta novum decimpunctata. And I've never actually seen this ladybird, but it is one of the more unusual species in the UK. It's found in marshes and in wetland areas and watery meadows and stuff, and on reeds by the sides of rivers and lakes as well. And sometimes it can even be found of on exposed riverbeds and sediments and um, things like that. It's flattened so that during the winter it can squeeze in between the flat leaves of a waterside vegetation and to hibernate, what it does is it squeezes into the centre of a plant. However, water ladybirds do tend to remain semi-awake during the winter. I mean, you'd have to in such a precarious environment with water levels um, rising, a lot of flooding and unpredictable conditions. And a lot of the time... Certainly, when I find ladybirds, you find them sort of in fixed positions on or around the roots of a plant, on the tree, or in the soil, or on the leaf litter. That's certainly where I've discovered many 16 spots and 7 spots and things like that. But the water ladybird doesn't really have this option, because the water levels are constantly threatening to rise. Sometimes stuff freezes over, and it's generally a very scary place. So... According to Richard Comont in his book, Spotlight Ladybirds, quote, scurrying back and forth on wind ripped reeds over open water is not the most secure of options. And it is far from unusual to see individual water ladybirds fall off a plant. So when this happens to most other ladybirds and many other insects, they can't really breathe and if they don't really reach dry land quickly enough they'll often drown. I don't know if you've ever rescued a moth or a bee 
from the pond, for example, or from a swimming pool or even from your bath. When I was a kid, a bee flew into the bath and um, and I took it out, but and it seemed to be all right for like about a minute and then it suddenly just dropped dead on the spot and it was very sad. And even when they do get out, they can spend ages cleaning themselves and sorting themselves out in order to be able to move around properly. And they're very vulnerable during this time. They're sort of just uh, trying to clean themselves off before they can get back to uh, business. And and actually, a lot of them don't, and a lot of them just sadly die. But not the water ladybird. As Richard Comont goes on to say, if an individual falls in, or if water levels rise so much and so rapidly that the ladybird is floated off the top of the plant as it submerges, it will splay its legs wide, moving them slightly until it has done approximately two full rotations and spotted the nearest dry land or vegetation. Then it begins to swim actively towards the dry spot. And this ladybird might actually not be the most effective swimmer, but it is better than most of the species in the UK. And there is another unusual fact about it. It is one of the only types of ladybird that can change colour as an adult. When the ladybird comes out of a pupa, it is a sort of yellowy beige colour, quite as similar to a 16 spot or one of the more pale 10 spot forms from pictures I've seen, maybe a bit darker. So quite sort of straw coloured, buff coloured. And that helps it to stay camouflaged in dried up leaves and reeds by the water sides during the winter. But when the ladybird wakes up again from hibernation in the spring, its colour will darken and it will become a bright pink and red colour, a lot more striking and similar to other ladybirds. The Latin name of the ladybird means 19 spots, and it usually does have 19 spots, but it can also have anything between 15 and 21 spots on the elytra. The pronotum has got six spots. The ladybird is very elongated and flat-looking compared to other ladybirds, and it's fairly small, between 35 and five millimetres long. The larva's thorax is cream and white with dark patches. The abdomen is pale grey with rows of black tubercules. These are like the bumpy parts on the larva running lengthways. And there are small black hairs growing out of these tubercules. The pupa is dark and it's got pale brown and orange markings and there's some small jagged tooth-like bumps on the sides. There are not really that many records of the ladybird and a lot of people will not have seen one and I've never actually seen one but it is estimated that they're a lot more common than previously thought of because of their habitats by the sides of rivers and lakes and ponds where it's often quite difficult for humans to look safely and their buff coloration leads to them being missed in summer and autumn. You can find them on a range of plants like reeds, reed mace, reed sweetgrass and rushes. You can find them on occasionally exposed river sediments. And it's only ever been found in Ireland once. So if you live in Ireland, that's your new challenge. Making sure you, of course, stay two metres away from other people at all times and don't fall in any rivers. Um, just stay safe. But I hope you can find one. Now, I'm sure you've been on the edge of your seat to find out exactly what this ladybird eats. And once again, it eats aphids. But you might actually be surprised to learn 
that aphids can even exist in such a wet environment. And I did look to find out more information on its prey, but I wasn't really able to find out much information about the aphids themselves. And I will get back to you on that. So thank you very much for listening to the episode. If you like this show and want to support me, you can subscribe to my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash hiddenwingsandbloodlust. You can follow me on Twitter at hwabpodcast and on Instagram at 365.ladybird and like my Facebook page, Hindwings and Bloodlust. Music at the start of the show is by Deborah Torrance, and music at the end is Boardroom Walk by Cascade Cacks Bissipirical. Thank you for listening, see you soon, and goodbye for now. Never